Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Welcome back to TMZ Movie Crashers. I'm your host, Paige Catton from 2Fab. And I'm your temp host, Chantal, from TMZ Social Team. I love that you identified yourself as that. That's so cute. I'm a temp host. You're more than a temp. You're more than a temp. You have a big presence on this podcast now. Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> so before we get into what we aren't going to talk about and what we are going to talk about, we have to talk about our elephant in the room here. We have some new props today <laughs> because it's themed what we're going to be talking about. Um, we got these... We both got the Black Panther Wakanda Forever um, limited edition popcorn tins. Mm-hmm. They cost a whopping $25. And they light up so you can see the little blue light. <laughs> it's it's great for being inside the cinema. I know. I want to be sponsored. <laughs> Sponsor us because this is, I don't even know what I'm going to do with mine. I, I have like a whole collection of Marvel popcorn tins from AMC. This isn't your first one? No. How many do like, you have? Um, This is my fourth. What else do you have? I have Black Widow, Thor, and Doctor Strange. Do you have the Thor Hammer one? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that one sold out really quickly. Yeah, well, it was like the online one. Like, you know how you can like pre-order and it comes, yeah. It, I, I'm i really extra and I want to collect them all. And yes, I spent extra money and ordered it online. <laughs> I love it. I love you it. You can totally judge me. I also have a Minions one and I also have a um, Wonder Woman 84 one. Oh my god, um, this is my first collectible tin. Oh, they're wonderful. I mean, they're like, they, I spend a little too much money on them, but I save money on other things, so. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I might put it on my desk. Put, yes, put it on your desk. Yeah. Just like keep refilling it with popcorn. Yeah, love that. And I have my Marvel hat on today, and Chantal has her Black Widow Christmas sweater. Christmas sweater. Um, before we start talking about some Marvel stuff, let's talk about some of our mentions, things we aren't going to talk about, because mm-hmm. as usual, there was a lot of movie news this week. So um, I'm very excited about this. Netflix is rumored to be looking at Greta Gerwig to direct two Chronicles and Narnia films. And I didn't even know Netflix was doing Chronicles and Narnia films. I guess you're you're a big Chronicles and Narnia um, fanatic here. I'm a huge fan. That was my entire personality for like 10 years. Not even kidding. I love Narnia. And I knew that Netflix was trying to create like a series of all seven books. But like I, I had no idea that actually moved There's forward seven? with. Yes. How many did they do before? They did three until Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Mm-hmm. Were they good? So I loved them all, but they didn't really do, like, the first one did really well. I think I watched the first, like, one and a half, I think. Yeah, like, the second and the third didn't do all the box office, which is why they kind of dropped off. I personally loved them, and I love the cast, and I wish they would just continue with the series. But, hey, I'm excited for the new chapter, especially if Greta Gerwig directs a couple. I will literally watch anything that she directs, writes, creates, stars in, anything. So I'm excited about that. Um, this is interesting, and you found this story. I didn't see this until later. Mm. A film adaptation of the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play is reportedly um, part of Warner Brother Discovery's head, David Zaslov's vision, mm. um, which is interesting. What do you think about this? So I'm a Harry Potter fan, but I'm so ashamed to say I have neither read the the play in book form or watched the play, A, because when I was in London, like the play was just so, so expensive. I was like, I, I cannot go watch this. Um, I think it's going to be, if they do go through with it, it'll be interesting. It's just, 
the big question that a lot of people are asking is, so what's going to happen with casting? Because if it's not the original cast coming back, like it'll be a bit weird. But also little things like, you know, casting a black woman as Hermione was such a wonderful and progressive choice Mm -hmm. that like if they don't have that in the film, it'll also be weird. So I think there's a lot of questions, but a lot of the main cast have said they wouldn't want to return except for maybe like Tom Felton. So I guess Tom Felton will do anything. I feel like with Harry Potter. Oh, a hundred percent. I love that for us. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I think like it might be a natural thing to do it if they create the movie in the next like five, ten years. Maybe like not this year, next year. You know. I don't know. I mean, I just a quick note because I can go on on about this for a long time because you know I love Harry Potter. Um. I have read the Cursed Child book. Haven't seen the play, Mm -hmm. but I have read the book. Um. And or I've read the play. Sorry. Um. And uh, I liked it, but it's kind of like. It has to do with a lot of like it's controversial with some Harry Potter fans because it I don't want to like spoil what happens, but basically it has to do with like time travel with like their kids. Yeah. And so it kind of like undo things and almost oh sorry, they almost undo things and mm. it's like it's kind of almost like pointless because like why would they go back and possibly undo something that was already done? I'm trying to say it without spoiling it, because even though it's so old, but I don't yeah. want to cause Eventually, if you do read it or see the play or anything like that, I want you to like be surprised. But yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't really know if I'd want to see them as a film. That's fair. I think a lot of people have that. It's very mixed reactions to the news. So I, you're yeah. definitely not alone yeah. in that. Like, meh, I don't know. But let's let's, let's read. Well, the Warner Brothers Discovery, the head has some very interesting um, ideas just There's in general. There's a lot happening. Next thing I'm really excited about. So the first reactions to Damien Chazelle's Babylon starring Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Diego Calva, they were dropped last night on Twitter and they are very mixed, like okay. very, very mixed. People are really excited for this movie, yeah. or they were very excited. Um, the movie's like over three hours, so it's super long. Um, and the when I say they're mixed reviews, they're like super range, like a huge range, like from oh. dazzling and phenomenal filmmaking to truly monstrous and a total disaster. Well, that <laughs> like is... literally both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to think about that. I know the visuals do look stunning. I will say yeah. the plot. And just the movie in general from the trailers do seem a bit overwhelming to me. I mean, I've seen that trailer like 30 times now because I go to good movies all the time. Yeah. But like, you know, Mar- Margot Robbie finding a snake and like partying and dancing. And she's wearing like the same outfit. I'm like, is this like one scene? Like she's wearing the outfit the whole movie? Maybe it's like over one day. I don't know. I don't know the actual synopsis. I, I don't really but... know the synopsis either, to be honest. Are you going to watch it? Of course. <laughs> Of course, it's a possible Oscar movie. I have to watch it. True, I think I will. I'll have to like mentally prepare myself. Three hours. That's yeah. Between that and Avatar, damn. Um, Snoop Dogg is getting a biopic. This is interesting. I'm excited. And um, the co-writer co-wrote the Black Panther films is going to be the screenwriter for this. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this? I'm excited. And Snoop Dogg's production company, um, I'm forgetting the name, um, Death Row Pictures in partnership with Universal is creating it. So like it'll be interesting because Snoop has a full say in like what gets portrayed in a way that I think a lot of other biopics, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, Blonde wasn't a biopic, but it was a movie about the life of, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But like, you know, a lot of celebrities who have passed don't really get a say in how they're represented. So I'm excited for Snoop to tell his story his way and he's just really funny and charismatic but has had such a crazy career mm-hmm. and has such a range of you know titles under his belt that i'm excited to see i hope they pass they hope they cast someone who isn't well known agreed, agreed yeah i want them to cast someone who like isn't an a-lister or anything i think that'll be but that'll be better 
Oh, for sure. And it'll actually, I can pretend that I'm actually watching Baby Snoop, you know, growing up in the industry. Baby as Snoop. To, well, you know, like it's a 30 year career. He was a, not, like not a literal baby, but he was young when he started. So I'd like yeah. to see that and actually be like, oh, okay, no, I, I can feel this. That's definitely Snoop up there as opposed to being like, I recognize this person. Let's see. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, sorry, it is my turn now. <laughs> Next piece of news, uh, Keanu Reeves will actually co-star in a John Wick spinoff starring Ana de Armas entitled Ballerina. And in more John Wick news, the trailer of the fourth film came out and Twitter went wild. Have you ever seen John Wick? No. Either of them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really am out here being like John Wick 4. Um, We're getting some judgy stares right now in this studio because yeah. we haven't seen John Wick. Whoopsie. I know. Okay, I'll, I heard I the first one is Dog Dies. I'm like, I don't want to see that. So apparently the first one wasn't <laughs> great box office wise either, but then the second one did really well. And that's what like launched this immensely lucrative franchise. So we'll watch it after I will this watch podcast. Them. I'll watch there's, <laughs> there's Yeah, there's three of them and the there's, fourth one's coming out. You know, it, it, we, it might surprise us. We might really, really like it. I just really cannot tell you anything about the plot yet. Yeah. Um, next, I want to talk about uh, is Lindsay Lohan says she'd be interested in doing a sequel to Freaky Friday, the iconic film, and this coming on the heels of Jamie Lee Curtis revealing that she actually has written to Disney yeah. about a sequel. What do you think? I mean, it had to, it has to be both of them, of course, and it has to be like she says there's ideas. She has ideas for a story, but she hasn't revealed that. So it has to be the right story. Agreed. Yeah. They can't just do a sequel to do a sequel. But it's, it'll be interesting to have, like, grandma and, like, millennial mom and seeing how they, like, <laughs> switch I mean, that movie's so good. Like, I is. still love it. It yeah. is so good. Although it did, like, make me really paranoid when I was a kid that, like, I might switch bodies. It traumatized me a little, like, but it was really good. If you went to, like, a Chinese good. restaurant and got a fortune cookie? It was more the fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I just got one in general, I was like, what if I switch bodies with someone? I was really stressed. But it's a great film. <laughs> Watching it as an adult, it's wonderful. Um, and the high school musical cast members, or a few of them, had a mini reunion at a con conference or convention in Paris. It was Vanessa Hudgens, Corbin Blue, Lucas Graybeal, Bart Johnson, uh, director Kenny Ortega, and Drew Seeley, who did the voice, the singing voice for Troy Bolton in the first film. And he also was on tour with them. Yeah. It was really cute. I think it was Drew who posted the pictures. Again, Twitter blew up. Oh, yeah, because I posted that on Saturday and then you, yeah, at 2 and then you posted it on yeah. TV social. Yeah, that's how things work. Yeah, but that's funny. Um, and then we have one more. Yep. And lastly, there were rumors that the test screenings for Indiana Jones 5 were disastrous, that the audience hated them, blah, 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 blah. But director James Mangold has come out and said that there actually haven't been any test screenings and that the rooms are BS. So fingers crossed. It's going to be an amazing film. We're excited. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to our big, big story mo of the day. big motion picture. So our big story of the day, of course, the big motion picture has to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. First, we need to warn there are spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled, like just stop watching and come back and watch it later. Um, so first off, we have to talk about the box office. So this mm -hmm. film opened to 181 million at the domestic box office, biggest November opening of all time. Second biggest opening of 2022, only second to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. 
which is crazy because I didn't know Doctor Strange did that well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't remember that. It was, I guess it was one of the first yeah. ish of Phase Four. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I huh. I'm surprised that it was Doctor Strange was that high. Um, and globally, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever earned 150.3 million, so it brought it to a total of 331.3 million. In the opening weekend. Wow. Which is insane. We love that for them. We love that. I mean, theaters were sold out. I went to like yeah. a 1045 showing and it was packed. Oh, yeah. I booked my ticket like uh, five days after they were initially released. And I could you only did? Get, yeah, yeah. But I could only get the front row of like like right up to the screen. So I was fully just staring up at it the whole time. But it was great, though. It was wonderful. Since you are a Marvel expert, I'm going to let you take the reins on this and tell us what your reaction was. Okay. So overall, I effing loved it. I thought the visuals were so cool. The acting blew me away. I'll just do a quick breakdown of like a couple things that I adore yeah. and I do have one big criticism that okay. I, I want to talk about. So first of all, I loved how it was a really nuanced and complex exploration of two, well three technically leaders trying to protect and preserve their people and the kind of emotional weight that comes with that. I also loved how it was a moving tribute to Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa and the kind of cultural mm -hmm. movement that they helped to build. Um, and it, But it also wasn't just about that, you know, um, which brings me to my next point of I loved how characters who were peripheral in the first film got you got to really they got to really expand on their characters and you got to see the acting chops like obviously Angela Bassett was going to be incredible. We all know she's wonderful. But Letitia right brought it mm -hmm. oh my goodness the range of emotion and trauma and just strength that she had to go through and portray throughout the film I was blown away by her acting like I, I didn't know she was that like I knew she was talented I didn't know she was that wonderful yeah. so that was great to see the one big thing and I'll talk more about Shuri as queen well and the Black Panther later. Yeah, we'll get that. Um, yeah. But the one kind of big criticism I did have was I love Tina Tuerta as um, Namor. I thought his acting was incredible. I have a new so celebrity good. crush. He's literally, I, I adore him. <laughs> Those little shorts. He's, I know. <laughs> and it just, oh, I love, he's just incredible in the film. Oh. But the one thing, and this is not a criticism of him, it's more so of the writing because he sold the shit out of mm -hmm. everything he did. Um, but it was more of the motivations of his character and subsequently how they move the plot forward felt a little bit forced so it, it was yeah. kind of like extreme in that like at first it started with him and his people wanting to treat Shuri and Wakanda with respect to then suddenly like wanting to murder them and like yeah. flood the country to then suddenly in the end being in awe of them and respectful and being like oh but they're the only people that could stand with Talokan against the rest of the world so I think it was a bit jarring they sold it well and I believed everything they'd said and did but just as a viewer the pacing was a little bit odd and the conflict creation and resolution at times felt a little bit forced and a bit jarring so that's yeah. the only big criticism I have because otherwise I was really blown away this was a wonderful follow-up and they had huge shoes to fill you know the, the late Chadwick Boseman not being in this one anymore and mm -hmm. and it could have been something that floundered but I really do think they added a new dimension to the Black Panther mantle and legacy um but what do you think that was an incredible reaction and review to that that was awesome and I agree with pretty much everything that you said um I also really enjoyed it I think it was one of the better films of phase four it was mm -hmm. so moving and emotional and powerful um just like a like a moving powerful story about grief and family mm -hmm. but it also was like a badass Marvel movie yes um 
And obviously a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman, that opening sequence when oh. it was just silent with the marble, marble, the marble, 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 the marble, um, I don't know, what is it called? Like the title? Is yeah, it a title like sequence? The title sequence. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And how sequence. it was like dead silent in my theater. Yeah. Like you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. That was really moving. The fact that they did it with no music and no sound, I think made it even more, um, like more emotional. So solemn. Yes. No, for sure. Um, you know, like I got the silent sequence. Wow. Um, there were some things I didn't like. You you pointed this out as well. I had issues with the pacing. Mm. Certain scenes that I expected to be longer were shorter and vice versa. Yeah. So some things that they spent a lot of time on, I was like, okay, we're still on this. Like this movie, I knew this movie is two hours and 40 minutes. Like why are we still like going on about this one part? And then something that I thought would be longer was rushed. Mm. So I think the whole third act was super rushed. Yeah. Everything agreed. with the conflict, the main conflict between um, Namor and... Um, and Wakanda and Shuri was very rushed. Shuri becoming the Black Panther was rushed, which we'll get into in a second. Um, and I wanted that stuff to be longer. Um, but some other things I did like, again, like you like you noted, love Namor, Angela Bassett. The Oscar buzz oh. is real. Oh, my yes. God. Spoiler alert. She dies. And that absolutely broke me. Oh, yeah. I was I like, no, no, no. Wake up. Wake up. You're yeah. not dead. No, no, no. They not can't kill her. You no, well. you can't kill her. Yes. No. That that broke me. And obviously that was the spark that um, made Shuri want to um, get revenge against um, Namor. And, you know, she comes consumed by her vengeance. Mm -hmm. Um Another thing that I wanted to note, I loved M'Baku in this. I really liked that he kind of had yeah. a bigger role. I wish he, he needs more. They need to give him more. I was going to say. Um, but his humor was great. His comedic relief was just amazing. You know, like, um, when he called, people kept saying this on Twitter, what he called, um, oh, I can't remember him, Den Guria's character. Uh, Okoye. Okoye, a bald-headed demon. Oh, my God, uh, the yes. Like, literally so funny. I keep Everyone thinking about the bald-headed demon. Um the other, he, there was other some good humor in there compared to other MCU. Um, the, the, re, one. Re, yeah, like um, Riri Williams was a great um, form of comedic release, mm -hmm. relief in this film. And um, they also had a little like nod to Rihanna with Fenty. Fenty. Yes. Do you remember oh, that? that with the, with, the is that the shade. right shade? Yeah. Am I wearing the wrong shade? Like, <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. Um, so as I said, one of my issues was Black Panther reveal. Like I think it could have been a little bit more dramatic. I feel like it happened too quickly. Mm. Um, we all knew Letitia Wright was Black Panther. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. I mean, it was obvious from the trailer. You could tell it was a woman and she had the same um, makeup makeup on a little like white dots yeah. on her helmet. Um, and I think like you mentioned, Letitia Wright did so good in this. And I was so moved by her whole arc of struggling to accept T'Challa's death and her wanting to get revenge on Namor and for killing. It was also intense. But then I wanted more of her as a Black Panther. I feel like she, you know, spent all this time create recreating the herb and then like she like took the the crushed herb or whatever and then she's black panther and then she just like sat up and then she's like all right i'm the black panther i thought it was going to be more like bigger than that there was barely any black panther in the black panther too <laughs> like, yeah no for sure and i know that's obviously wasn't like the main focus of it it's mainly about like obviously wakanda forever and about yeah. like chadwick's passing well t'challa's passing, passing. And, and everyone um dealing with that and reacting to that but i wanted more of that um we have to talk about the cameo we yes, have to talk about the cameo. We Big do. spoiler alert. Killamonger, Michael B. Jordan is in this. When Shuri um, is becoming the Black Panther and she takes the herb and she goes into like what's kind of like an after, yeah, ancestor, like plane. afterlife plane kind of thing. She expects to see her family, but she sees Killamonger 
And Michael B. Jordan's wearing like all white. He has like this long, like long dreads. He looks great. He looked, yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks great. But I was shocked. I did not see this Same. coming at all. It was so hush hush. Usually there's like little rumblings. Yes. Like John Krasinski's going to be Mr. Fantastic. There's like little. Oh, I wasn't spoiled. The spoilers yeah. have been like really kept under wraps. Like I yeah. didn't know anything going in. And I was shook by this. And the whole theater Agreed. was too. Yeah, same. Um, and that was awesome. I think it was, it wasn't unexpected for sure. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was, for her arc, it was perfect because he obviously ha- was consumed by vengeance and she started being consumed by vengeance. So the fact that she saw him and not her family, I think was, it was really poignant and really necessary. On that note, I adore how she, because T'Challa was so noble and he always had a great sense of self. I think a lot of his conflicts were testing his worldview and testing the kind of king or ruler Black Panther is going to be, whereas Shuri's a lot more internal. She wasn't raised to be queen or the Black Panther. And also she's been through trauma after trauma in the last year. So I love how they show that she is a lot more like her cousin than her brother, but she could still find that middle ground and come into her own and be a queen and be a Black Panther. And it works, even though she's not T'Challa 2.0. She never will be. And I love how when she saw Killmonger, that's kind of the message I got from it, even though a lot of people reacted being like, oh, that's really annoying that she saw him and not her mom. But spoiler alert, she sees her mom a little later. So it's not like she never sees her immediate family. I thought Killmonger was a great addition. I agree. I agree. And again, totally unexpected. Um... Again, overall, love the film. I would give it like three and a half, three point seven five. You can't do point seven five on Letterbox, but I did three point five. But a four, teetering four. I'd give it a four out of five. Yeah, for sure. Um, we gotta talk about the mid credit scene. Yes, we do. Okay, so you have some thoughts on this. I do. Okay. So, well, spoiler alert again. again <laughs> um, the mid credit scene reveals that T'Challa and Lupita Nyong'o's character Nakia Wardog, who I loved seeing in action, that was really cool. She was so good. She was amazing. But um, they had a son, yep. and the, he's also called T'Challa. And so, th- I think the final message was supposed to be that Shuri is not alone. She has not lost her mm-hmm. whole family, and T'Challa's name. And, oh, this is making me emotional, but his legacy lives on. And I thought that was so beautiful and and a great way to honor T'Challa um, and Chadwick Boseman, of course. At the same time, and I might get him some hate for this, I really hope they don't do a thing where, like, you know, with all the quantum stuff, the quantum realm stuff that comes up, I really hope they don't do a thing where, like, they sent, you know, baby T'Challa into the quantum realm. Like, comes out as, like, an 18-year-old and he's the new Black Panther and the new, like, T'Challa of the MCU. I hope they don't do that yet. I hope that Letitia Wright slash Shuri gets her time as the Black Panther because at the end of the whole thing, it it made Shuri's arc. Like if the point was to say like, oh, here's like we actually have a new T'Challa and like, you know, he's going to be the Black Panther going forward or, you know, we'll find a way to age him up and make him the Black Panther. It kind of made it feel like Shuri's journey to become this powerful warrior and confident, capable leader and queen kind of felt like it was okay well she's not the actual heir not the actual black panther Mm -hmm. anyway so like that it's just that's the only kind of like oh no but i hope they don't do this kind of feeling that i had in the theater um just because i would like to see more of shuri's exploration of herself um as the black panther and as you said we barely saw any black panther in this i know so that was my main thought what did you think well you know i at first was like oh that's really sweet like you know, you know, his legacy is is mm-hmm. continuing on. You know, he has it's not just his sister. He also has a son. Um, but I didn't really think about it when it comes to, like, the future of the MCU. So um, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do with it. If they do anything with it. They might yeah. not do anything with him. They might just have him as, like, a side character. But I feel like I'm not sure how the recast T'Challa people had to think about that. 
I I don't know. I know TMZ did an article about that over the weekend as well. And then people really came back and were like, you should have recast T'Challa anyway. There was a T'Challa ha- yeah. shaped hole in the film. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't have many thoughts on them specifically. Yeah. I don't know. I think we'll, I want to wait and see before I like get more thoughts on that because I think I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him. If again, if anything, moving forward. Agreed. I think, so the last thing I did want to say about Shuri's arc is, I know that Angela Bassett's character, the queen had to die to like push Shuri mm-hmm. to become her, not her full self, but to push her to, you know, take on that leadership role in its entirety and not be scared and not be avoidant. But like, if at the end of the day, she's just like the Black Panther for 30 minutes and it's not actually her story anymore, it would kind of feel like it was a, you know, fridging the woman's plot point, which I hate to say, but I also hope it's not that. And I don't think it will be. I have faith, but yeah. let's, let's see. Let's see. Before we move on to our next segment, real quick, real quick, what are your thoughts on MCU Phase 4 as a whole since now it is concluded with Black Panther Wakanda Forever? I thought it was very disjointed. I thought some films Mm -hmm. were great. Some films were not. Um, Black Panther is definitely in my top two, that and Shang-Chi. But I think a lot of it felt like the awkward teen phase or Mm -hmm. like an awkward filler where they kind of just tried to introduce new characters to set up the next generation without actually doing what the first few phases were really good at doing and that is telling a good compelling story within you know two hours or an hour 45 minutes yeah i agree i mean i think i understand they have to introduce new characters somehow you know but they just were none of it meshed together Mm, you know you got stuff like eternals and then you have things like spider-man no way home and those Mm -hmm. are completely different films and i understand they have like new directors different tones different stories all this stuff but like i feel like the other um previous phases sorry, sagas, the Infinity, mm-hmm. Infinity Saga, I feel like there was always some sort, I mean, the Infinity Stones really connected all the phases, but I feel like we needed, I, I know this is a multiverse saga, but it wasn't in every film. Yeah. And it didn't make sense, and things weren't connected, and there was opportunities to connect them, and that's what I had a problem with. Um, and a lot of these films had more potential, and they fell flat. Um, the TV shows were actually pretty good. I enjoyed them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and obviously this was the first, I think this is the first phase that had the TV shows, yes. correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of a new um, addition and something we hadn't really experienced yeah. before. So maybe that added to it all feeling disjointed because you're throwing in another medium in there. Um, and obviously the shows can create almost a longer story than the films. So I don't know. Maybe the films needed more of the TV shows and the TV shows need more of the films in a way. They just needed to be better. Yeah, better integrated. I think like the one big gaping example is um the, the celestial that comes out of the earth and the eternals just doesn't get like um, registered or followed up by any other. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm like, there's literally a celestial sticking out of the earth. How and then Harry no Styles pops no. up. And then, yeah, so like maybe they'll do more of it. I just, it felt very much like some of these products were like, okay, but this is like a middle. Like, look forward to the next one. But speaking of looking forward to the next one, is I'm excited for What If and Loki having their second seasons and carrying that story forward in phase five. So, like, I think there's little things like that where, like, when there was a plan, I could be like, okay, fine. We're on a cliffhanger, but for other things, it was very, eh, like Eternals. And I think Doctor Strange 2 was a bit that for me as well. Yeah, I, I liked it at the time, but then like after, I was like, I don't know. I was disappointed. Um, I'm really excited for Thunderbolts. Yes. I love Florence Pugh. I love Sebastian Stan. I love David Harbour. Can't wait to see those characters together. I'm actually looking forward to Ant- Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania, even though I didn't like love the first two movies. I mean, I liked them, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I love Ant-Man. But yeah. I love Jonathan Majors in, in, um, as Kang in Loki, and so I'm excited to see more of him. 
Yeah. And he's going to be the big bad, yeah. if not one of the big bads or the big bad. Time will tell on that. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the MCU has going moving forward. Agreed. So for our, our last segment, we're going to do What'd You See, What'd You Think? Um, we both saw the same movie, um, Falling for Christmas, the Lindsay Lohan Netflix Christmas film. Um, so everyone was excited about this because Lindsay Lohan's return to acting. Um, it was so bad, like so bad, but so entertaining. I loved it. Even though it was so horrible. It was definitely a habit with some warm, hard cider as you yeah. giggle and like laugh at little things that happen along the way. I was excited because it was her big return to the big screen. And I, like, I think it's enjoyable and just like, you know, I'd recommend it for like if you, you know, want to have a chill night in or do a drinking game. But I agreed. It was very, very weird. And I think the big thing that carries, oh no, you want, do you want to give, like, tell them what the plot is? Okay. Was first? So the <laughs> film is about, she plays a hotel heiress and, um, she gets engaged and she has a ski accident. She, her her fiance proposes to her in this like remote mountain location, like in the middle of nowhere. Literally. And um, when Henry proposes to her, she like slides back on her skis and falls backward over the mountain. And it's like, ah, it's like so dramatic. The effects, yeah. her special effects are awful. <laughs> um, and she's like, ah, and then she falls down. Obviously that would totally kill her, but it didn't. She just hit her head on a rock and then just gets amnesia. And then Cord Overstreet has this like really quaint, like old, old, old towny kind of vibe lodge. And um, she doesn't remember. So Sierra, that is Lindsay Lohan's character, doesn't remember who she is. And she falls in love with Cord Overstreet's character. And he tried to like they she becomes this new woman. She's not like this, you know, vapid, um, vapid superficial, superficial heiress. heiress like she was before. And then, um, you know, long story short. You know, they fall in love and then the, the the fiance finds her and then she remembers who she is. But then, of course, they have the, oh, they're not going to be together. And then, of course, romantic comedy. They end up together happily ever after. Um, movie is so ridiculous. Like, it's a good, but it's a good, cheesy Christmas movie. You know, a lot of the acting wasn't great, but Lindsay Lohan was great. And I thought Co Court yeah. Overstreet was actually pretty good, too. Um Again, all the, the corny bad stuff doesn't matter because Lindsay Lohan was so good at it. And it was so awesome to see her on screen again because yes. it's been so long. Um, I did like her outfits in this movie, though. I will say that. Same. That same. pink outfit with like the furry hat. Oh, for really me, loved the red off the shoulder with like the, the poofy sleeves that Cordova yeah. Street spills hot chocolate yes. on. By the way, big plot hole. How did he not remember her? Because she wore sunglasses? Oh, yeah. I guess I, I know why she wouldn't remember him. Maybe he was just so frazzled. No, because they made it a point of her fiance stepping in front of her. So maybe right. he didn't see her. But I will say, like, there's a lot of plot. Like, and this, <laughs> I was watching this with my partner, and he said, This is the most plot device concussion I've ever seen in my Like, it was sometimes she remembered stuff when it was convenient to, like, character development or a plot. Sometimes she completely forgot other stuff. Like, why did she forget how to, like, brush her teeth and stuff? And why did he take her skiing? <laughs> no, I know. After, and mind you, this whole film happens over four days. Yes! It's four ridiculous. Days, and I just. And it's like, she doesn't have any clothes. We, she has to. Uh, wear clothes out of the lost and found and they're like perfectly tailored to her size and they, they have like high heel ski boots yeah so they can have moments where like she falls and he catches her and like the thing that and not all these netflix i feel like the netflix christmas movie is the new hallmark christmas movie and they're always cheesy and the oh plot is so bad always ridiculous so cheesy. but usually and the acting this was great as you said it was like the writing that was so awkward but so also bad. what carries these films usually is the like palpable chemistry between the leads where you're like, I know this is ridiculous, but I'm like, I want you guys to get together and I want to see this through. 
I love both Cordova Street and Lindsay Lohan. They both are incredible actors, but their chemistry just wasn't as it wasn't there. You know, I didn't I didn't feel the heat between them. I didn't. I it, agree. It just it, it just felt like two talented actors acting their asses off, but like they just didn't mesh together well. And I think that was my big thing that made me go like, oh, all right, okay, I guess they'll end up together. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And there were so many, <laughs> so many dumb things people on like TikTok and social media have like pointed <laughs> out, like including one of this video I sent you. Like someone noted that like when her hair is wet and like um, Cordover Street, he's a widow and his daughter, um, Lindsay Lohan's character is like, oh, um, asks her, I need, do you have something that I can dry my hair with? And she hands her a hair dryer. By the way, why would like an eight year old have a hair, have her own hair dryer? And it's that like was a kind toy of... hair dryer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And yeah. then she goes, <laughs> she goes like blow dries her hair and then she like brushes it and it's like perfectly blown out. I'm like. <laughs> She and people are like, okay, there's no way she blowed out her hair. Like, it's so unrealistic. Or, like, one time someone's putting makeup on her and the sponge isn't even touching her face. Oh, my. I didn't see that. Yeah. And there was, like, one random character that you I really wanted to <laughs> to note because you loved this random character. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> like, should I tell you? Yeah, it's just real quick. Because you, you had a, were happy about this. I was, like, crying laughing. There's this one scene where Corridor Overstreet's character is giving a speech at the like Christmas party. Like a big, party. powerful, like part of the movie and it's yeah. supposed to be this big dramatic scene like thank you all for coming to this party for being here for me and my family and then but he decides to start the speech with like you guys the gingerbread houses are fake so don't eat them I'm talking to you, you Kenny. Kenny like to some random guy we have never seen See this, before and he's just and, like and he's literally going <laughs> so weird it was so bizarre like, and I texted you and I was like did you watch it I'm like yeah I'm almost done and she's like did you see Kenny and I was like who's Kenny <laughs> I'm just like the guy with the gingerbread house, and I go, "Oh my god!" This is literally the point. It's like, wh why is that was one character trait? Why was that line necessary in a film? That, like, rather a scene that is so supposed to be the emotional weight Talking of the film. Talking to you, Kenny. Literally, like Kenny, you cat. Like, <laughs> what? So there was like little moments like that that yeah. really made me lol, like cry laughing, which is why it's entertaining. And I wasn't expecting an Oscar-worthy movie, but I definitely, actually, after I, I went to rewatch uh, Vanessa Hudgens' A Night Before Christmas, and it was a very different experience, and I think I was expecting something that felt a little yeah. more like that, because the pacing of Falling for Christmas was also a little bit odd. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, but I'm, it was I'm, an experience. Yeah, overall, an experience, and I'm excited to see her on screen again, and I look yes. forward to, she's another Netflix movie, I think, eventually coming out. Oh. I think she's, it's called Irish, Wi Irish Wish or something like that. Oh. Um, I, we'll see. That, maybe that one will be a step up. We'll see. Yeah, and they also released, one thing I was expecting in Falling was, a, like, a music scene where she got to sing Jingle yeah. Bell Rock, because they released the- Oh, the, her song. Yeah, she song. made it a rendition yeah. of Jingle Bell Rock. So hopefully she does more music. Like, yeah. we're, we love seeing Lindsay back. We love it. excited for more. It's so fetch. We love so it. So fetch, yes. So fetch. Um, and I think we can end there. Um, check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube. And um, we'll see you next time. See you next time.